You're listening to The Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode number 96 of the Blended Family Podcast. Today we're going to talk about setbacks in the blended family, but first, I got some great feedback from Scott after last week's show. He's a loyal listener, and I talked last week about when people make us feel uncomfortable, and Scott has been dealing with that a lot recently, and I'd like to read his email. He says, hi, Melissa. Thanks again for a very good and timely podcast today on uncomfortable people. With the school year starting up and all three of my kids, my stepdaughter and my two biological kids, starting up in a new school, with two of them starting kindergarten, the past one to two months have been filled with these situations. So many people making assumptions and asking questions like, are they twins? Even the basic question of, where did you guys move here from, causes the awkwardness. I've come to realize that unfortunately a big downside to divorce and blending families is the fact that we give up our privacy and ability to hold back personal details of our lives and social situations. We're put in the position of having to reveal private details and vulnerabilities within the first two minutes of meeting other parents, example at a school function for instance. I admit that sometimes I've chosen to lie or simply not correct people's assumptions, example, about my son and stepdaughter being twins, etc. There have also been situations when people have assumed my ex-wife and I are still married when we were, for instance, at the school curriculum night together. Someone asked us where in the neighborhood we lived, forcing me to decide whether to reveal the situation by saying my partner and I live on X Street and, of course, putting my ex in an embarrassing or revealing situation in the process. And of course, people have also assumed my fiance and I are already married. This one's a bit easier, and frankly, I rarely correct people on this until I get to know them. Just venting a little, but simply not fair that my home is open for others to know about and gossip about or even think about when, of course, traditional families have just as many issues yet are able to not reveal details or choose when to reveal and who to reveal to over time in these social situations. The question I'd like to ask you is... Is it okay to lie or not correct people in these situations? So thank you, Scott, for the email. Very well said. That's why I wanted to read the whole email. And I really love getting feedback from you all. If anyone ever wants to send me an email, you can send it to melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and any feedback is welcome. Scott obviously can relate to last week's topic, and he brings up a lot of good examples, some I failed to mention on the show. And I love the question he asks, is it okay to lie or to not correct people in these situations? In my opinion, yes, it is absolutely okay. Sometimes it's so much easier than going through a whole explanation. Our blended families are so complex, and sometimes you need an hour to explain all of the dynamics. And really, it's none of anyone's business. I have found myself doing that over the years to save myself the aggravation of an explanation to someone I don't know, and I don't think it makes you rude, and I don't even necessarily call it lying. Do you know how many times I didn't correct people who assumed Sean and I were married, or how many times I called him my husband before we were married? It was just easier. So you have to decide how to deal with people on a case-by-case basis, of course, and I'll tell you, I I'm the most honest person around, but sometimes it's just annoying to always have to put an explanation to everything. 
But great question, Scott. And if you all have an opinion on that, you can always comment on the show notes on the site at blendedfamilypodcast.com. I'm sure Scott would love your input as well. And one more thing before we get into today's topic, I'm still in need of my listeners, of you for some family interviews. Again, all you have to do is email me with interview in the subject line, and then I will send you all the details. It's just a short conversation about your blended family. You only reveal what you want, and it's just so that we can all get to know you a little bit better. All right, so today's topic is about setbacks. Setbacks are going to happen, and we need to be prepared for that. It's really a part of life. We all go through it, whether it's in business, personal life, or family life. And life can be tough, and it's full of ups and downs. With blended families, we know there can be lots of stress. But when we overcome hurdles, we feel great about it. We feel we accomplished something. And then comes the setback. The problem you thought was gone now reappears, or similar issues pop up. And that can be hard to accept, but you've got to understand that just because you encounter a setback, it doesn't mean you can't overcome it again. Let me give you some examples of setbacks that you might encounter in your blended family. Maybe you had a terrible relationship with your partner's ex. For two years, she did nothing but try to ruin your relationship, badmouth you both to the kids, and cause a scene at every function. But when she entered into a new relationship of her own, she completely changed. She really came around, even apologized for her behavior. Things were going great for another year or two, and suddenly she gets upset at something small. Now you notice her attitude has been different, and you don't even know why. That's an upsetting setback. Another example, you have a child who's heading down a bad path for three years, You do all you can to help the child succeed, but they are running with the wrong crowd, doing drugs and stealing. After an arrest, the child finally turns their life around, stays clean for a year, no issues. Then all of a sudden, you get a call from the school that they got caught with some alcohol. It's a setback. And here's another one for you. Your wife has gotten along great with your son, but has had trouble with your daughter. You met when she was eight, and they have done a lot of work on their relationship, By the time your daughter's 10, things seem to be going really well. The two have gotten closer and even spend quality time together. But when she turns 13, she starts to disrespect your wife again and decides she wants no part of a relationship with her. Another unexpected setback. And those are just a few examples, and I'm sure you have your own. And those are big setbacks, but setbacks on a smaller scale happen too. And the first thing you'll do is question why. Why is this happening? Everything was going so well. Well, there are all kinds of reasons why it happens. Life is always changing. Circumstance is always changing. So instead of questioning why, focus on what you can do about it. So I've got five tips for you today when you're dealing with setbacks so that you can move through them with ease. Well, maybe ease is the wrong word because it's never really easy, but let's just say so you can move through the setbacks with less discomfort. The first thing is to accept and acknowledge the issue. Don't try to deny what's happening or bury your head in the sand. Ignoring the problem won't make it go away. You need to accept that a setback is taking place and understand that it's normal. Know that everyone goes through it. And during this time of acknowledgement, you wanna stay calm You'll be able to deal with it more logically if you remain calm. 
Don't be discouraged. And that's the hardest part, really. We can be quick to fall apart as soon as something bad happens. But once we get in that negative mindset, we really can't deal with the issue properly. You have to put things in perspective. Even though you might feel this is the end of the world, is it? Look at the big picture. Look at what's right. Your problem is most likely more manageable than you think if you take your emotions out of it and look at it objectively. The second thing, don't play the blame game. It's so easy to sit and point fingers at others because naturally we want someone to blame when things go wrong, but that won't get you anywhere. If you want to move forward and fix things, there's no reason to place blame, and that includes blaming yourself. Don't do that either. Instead, concentrate on what needs to be done to improve the situation. Number three, find your strength. I won't talk religion, but lots of people turn to their faith in times of struggle. It doesn't matter what you believe in, but if your religion brings you peace, well, then turn towards it. For us, well, Sean and I, we're very spiritual, so when things get really bad, we use our beliefs to help us through. But even if you don't have a belief system, you can still be positive. Know that you've been through tough times before and you can do it again. I've always found that my attitude really makes a difference. When I stay positive, even though things may look bleak, the outcome is always better than when I'm in a negative state of mind. You are stronger than you think. And this situation, this setback that you're in, it'll pass. You've done it before, so you can do it again. So you've got to stay strong. Number four, give it time. Things aren't fixed overnight. If we had it our way, it would be. But we know that we have to have patience. Time heals everything. So allow the setback to resolve itself, even if it feels so slow to you. Instead of focusing only on the setback, try placing focus on other things in your life that are going right. Don't allow the setback to drag you down in other areas. Enjoy what's right while you slowly work on what's wrong. And before you know it, things will right themselves again. And number five, the last tip here for you, and probably the most important, find a hidden lesson in this experience. What can you take away? What can you learn? There's always something. Could it be so you can learn more patience? Or could it be so you can learn what not to do next time? This is where the work gets done. When you dig in and pull out something valuable for yourself or your family members, that's what helps us grow. And it helps us also to not repeat old patterns. Why not have the mindset that a setback can be a great opportunity for growth, for something better to happen? So just to repeat those five tips for you, and they will be in the show notes as well. Number one, accept and acknowledge the issue. Number two, don't place blame. Number three, find your strength. Number four, give it time. Number five, Find what you can learn from the experience. I did get a listener question that I was saving for this show, and it's from an anonymous listener who says, Melissa, I've been together with my partner for four years, and we have five children. We each came into the marriage with two children, and then we have one child together. Each of our youngest girls are the same age. When we met, they didn't get along at all. They did nothing but fight. At about year three, they seemed to start getting along much better, and they hardly fought at all. I thought we were over the hurdle, but recently they seem to be butting heads again. When we met, they were eight, and now they're 12. 
I'm so tired of the attitudes and my partner and I are both struggling to keep the peace. Do you have any advice? Okay, so this is a typical setback in a blended family. It's common for kids to go through changes in their relationships over the years. Bio siblings do as well, but it's totally different when dealing with step siblings, or at least it feels that way. In your case, I think what's going on is that they're both getting ready to hit puberty at the same time. It's normal for them to pull away from one another at this age. So if you use the steps for this, you'd first acknowledge that this is normal and perfectly okay, even though you don't like it. Kids don't always get along. The second thing is don't place blame, meaning don't blame either child. They're both responsible, but that doesn't really even matter right now. Third, find your strength. Your relationship with your partner shouldn't suffer because of theirs. Do what you can to stay calm and happy, still do things as a family, and just know that this is not going to ruin your family. Number four, give it time. Allow them to work it out in time. They did it before, they'll do it again. Obviously, they need to understand that they have to have respect, but allow them their space. Forcing them to be close will drive them apart. They're going through some life changes right now, and it could take a few years. It may not, but it could, and that might feel like forever to you, but they will grow up. And the last part here, what can you learn from this? Well, that's a personal thing for the listener here, but maybe it's to not let it ruin your relationship with your partner. Maybe it's to learn what it is that's irritating them about each other and help them through that, or even something to learn to make your family stronger. Always keep in mind that sometimes kids just won't like each other, and that is not a deal breaker for your relationship. It doesn't have to be, and nor should they think it is. So thank you for that question. I hope that was helpful. And I hope that if your blended family is going through a setback now, or if it happens in the future, you can remember this show today, and maybe it'll help some. In the nine plus years that we've had our blended family, we've had numerous setbacks, and they always hurt every time. But we somehow always get through to the other side. And something else I forgot to mention, lean on your partner. Couples tend to get stressed out during time of a setback and turn away from each other out of frustration. No, instead lean towards one another use one another for strength. I also found some great motivational quotes online for you that I thought were really good in times of struggle. And I will also put these in the show notes in case you want to print one out and hang it somewhere. I like to put them in my bathroom so I can see them in the morning. It doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. I don't pay attention to the world ending. It has ended many times and began again in the morning. One small crack does not mean you're broken. It means you were put to the test and you did not fall apart. It is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Go as long as you can and then take another step. I really love those quotes and I hope you do too. And the last thing I want to leave you with today is kind of an affirmation this week. When you're going through a setback, I want you to say this, setbacks motivate me. Setbacks motivate me. Use the setback for good in your life. Turn that negative into a positive. And that's all for today's show. Once again, feedback, topic ideas, questions, all can be sent to me 
at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you to schedule some interviews with me, and I'll be back next week with another show for you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your PayPal support. It really helps me keep the show going for you. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.